A teenager might be changing his mind? Xavier Tillman toys with my heartstrings. Scott Frost snake oil is the cure for coronavirus. And it's the penultimate week of the May Twitter question contest. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the man who served as the inspiration for Slenderman, Kevin Grek. Grek, how you doing, buddy? Great, just out there terrorizing folks in the woods. Uh, you know how it is. We're bored. We're just trying to make do with what we've got. I was given this ghoulish figure, so I might as well. Uh, <laughs> I might as well go out in the woods and and uh, while it's raining, because it, it's always raining right now. Good lord! <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, just uh, have some fun with folks. That's my plan. You, what about you? Know you? What to say? May showers bring the <sighs> slender. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing well. I think, uh, we'll give life updates as we get through Twitter questions and potentially to a minute of hate, but, uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. Of course, uh, if we can ask the usual favors, um, sharing the pod is very appreciated. So whether that's word of mouth, giving it a retweet, we very much appreciate it. You can follow us on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. And if you could be so kind, please go on to your podcast provider of choice rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Uh, genuinely, actually, like seeing when there's a new review there. Um, so yeah, it's been great. And we were just discussing this. It does kind of look like you are maybe sharing the pot. Because yeah. uh, the <laughs> we're is growing in the middle of a pandemic. Is up. Post-sports. Who needs sports? <laughs> this, this podcast will slowly deteriorate into just you and I bantering for an hour hey two that's that's all we've been doing and more people are listening so let's keep it up all right uh that's what drunker as we go along uh well speaking of which uh let's talk about our presenting sponsor and our favorite pub in ann arbor michigan fraser's pub located on packard street they are currently open every day from 12 to 8 p.m for takeout service Bottled beer to go. They are hoping upon hoping that they'll be able to reopen soon so you can dine in. But in the meantime, if you want to call ahead or use Uber Eats to place use Uber Eats to place an order, um, you can pay over the phone to limit contact and they'll bring it out to you. And did I mention the bottled beer? The bottled mm. beer. Mm. You want a little so, roadie Labatt? You can have it. Will Uber Eats bring you a roadie Labatt? I don't think just I, all the more reason that you should order directly from a restaurant. It it helps actually put more money into their pockets. I mean, yeah. how hard is it to just pick up the phone and call? Um, but no, I don't think Uber Eats will take you the bottled beer. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. It'd well, be cool if they did. Raymond, <laughs> remember your uh, y- your winning booty from last week's tw- or last month's Twitter competition. Call him up. I don't think. I don't think that's Say, how the gift certificate hey, works, buddy. Hey, I got a gift certificate. How much beer will this get me wherever I am? And they'll be like, are you within X radius? And you'll be like, who cares? Give me <laughs> this. It's going to go great. Let us know how you, it works out. 
Yeah. All right. This show's already off to a great start. Uh, for those who maybe are joining us for the first time, um, this is a bit of a weird world, but the, the way this show normally breaks down is we have a segment called The Green Wall, where we cover uh, headlines surrounding Michigan State sports. We then head to a segment called Off Grand River, where we cover some of the headlines around college sports that are not Spartan-centric. And then uh, wrap things up with your Twitter questions. If there were sports, we would preview the games ahead, but there are no sports. So we've turned Twitter questions into a game. You ask us questions. We tell you how good your questions were. Um, And as Kevin alluded to, we've already had one winner. It's a monthly contest, so it's never too late to hop in. This week and next week are the most important for how those rankings get calculated. Um, But, you know, May is wrapping up quickly, so you can hop in for the June uh, questions if you would like. Anyway. Or you can choose not to hop in for the questions and just spam our, our mentions with gifts as you cultivate your, uh, your, uh, your little uh, your differences with uh, last month's winner. So yes. the rivalry there is, uh, is very strong right now i still maintain it's the same person um all right let's head behind the green wall and take a peek at some football news some rumor some actual news and we'll start with the rumor um there's speculation and we should say this without a tinge of judgment that uh gabe spider neely current msu commit may be rethinking his decision um why could he be rethinking his decision? Well, he tweeted, I got some things to think about. Then he changed his Twitter bio so it no longer says that he's an MSU commit and reposted his junior season highlight reel. Uh, so uh, <sighs> would would love him to stay, but it seems like he's gone. I don't um, think any of these are indicators. I think <laughs> redoubling his commitment. Uh, listen, we talked about this already. These are, Hey, did you hear that? These are extenuating circumstances right now. Extraordinary circumstances, whatever. Unprecedented times. No, that one doesn't start with an E. That's a, that's a different vowel. Uh, it's going to be hard for these guys, both the coaching staff and the recruits to really gel under these circumstances. So we don't know what's going on with Spida other than his nickname is one of my all-time favorite recruiting oh, names. And he followed a bunch of Florida schools on Twitter. So there's okay. that too. <laughs> Off to an even worse start. So add it <laughs> to the list. Uh, I mean, I, I would be surprised if this is the last change because this is just going to be a really weird class. It's going to be a super weird class. So it's going to be, it's going to be a weird class. And, you know, I think we also talked about even before, you know, coronavirus was setting in that the way Mel Tucker is likely going to be recruiting, you may see more flips. You may see more decommits. You know, he's he's slinging offers to kids in the class of 2023. So, you know, like, what do you what do you want? I mean, it, it, it's uh, what I want is for each of these student athletes to make the decision that makes them happiest. And certainly we have really great memories of MSU. We weren't student athletes there, but um, we've heard from, you know, you hear regularly from student athletes that they love their time at MSU. Mm -hmm. So if MSU is the right fit for them, 
I, I'm very excited for them. If Gabe is rethinking things, take it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, like, man. Do do what's right for you. And we we have say? nothing but great wishes for him if he chooses to go somewhere else. If Up and until really, we're playing him. Yeah. What is it they say? If you really like a, a football prospect, you let him go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you you rescind their offer. Like a, yeah. It's not it's not you, it's them. You should attack them on Twitter. That's what they say, right? That's the old adage. Yeah. Yes. And and so I think a, a theme the listeners have probably picked up on is that uh, we tend to sort of mock the infatuation with recruits. And I think we've been covering it a little bit more than we would care to. Uh, partly the absence of, of sports will do that. But there is certainly player and recruit etiquette. And that is do not tweet at them. Don't don't tweet at them. Unless you have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Mm. Like, you know, that was uh, good. Did you come up with that? I heard it from Bambi's mom or Thumper's she mom was- in Bambi. <laughs> Thumper's mom in Bambi. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, you know what I heard from Bambi's mom in Bambi? <laughs> no, <laughs> don't shoot. <laughs> I'm a mother. <laughs> This is going off the rails. All right, let's head to uh, actual news instead of speculating about what a teenager is doing. Um, let's talk about Mel Tucker raising the profile even a little bit more. We are going to be shameless boosters for a moment, but Mel came out with a, a YouTube channel. Yeah, huge, huge. I had huge. to unsubscribe from my Mark D'Antonio YouTube channel to resubscribe <laughs> to the Mel Tucker YouTube channel. So there's not really much on there right now, right? There's a couple of hype videos and there's his Twitter everything is, Ama. Yeah. Everything yeah, is everything that he's already put on IG and yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine an alternate universe where Mark D'Antonio is still the MSU head football coach? What we'd be hearing from the football <laughs> staff? Crickets. You would have nothing like there would be a very occasional commit that would just come out of nowhere. And yep. we'd probably be able to trust that commit and be like, okay, yeah, that guy's definitely going to be on the team. Yep. Um, but man, it would be ghost town out of the, you know, you could, e- you could hear Mark D'Antonio maybe fielding a question, maybe where, what are you, are you, are you doing anything to recruit right now? No, it's a recruiting dead period. I'm spending time with my family up in the cottage up north. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, it's a recruiting dead period, and we're here laughing about it because Mel Tucker is slinging offers all over the place. Like, I I just, no, I I can't imagine the bizarro universe where Mark D'Antonio is still coach. What's bizarre is the how we would probably all be hanging asterisks on this recruiting class being like, well, you know, there was a, was a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, but anyway, Mel Tucker YouTube channel, um, subscribe. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe we'll put your pretty face on a YouTube channel sometime, Kevin. Yeah, let's do it. Slenderman, Slenderman <laughs> TV. <laughs> Slenderman TV. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk remember, a little. I'm going to check your your Spartan Craig, your Spartan uh, credentials here. Do you remember when uh, LJ Scott and um, uh, oh my god, two long names, running back, running back, played for the Steelers, Le'Veon Bell, 
they had Spartan Dogs TV. Do you remember Spartan Dogs TV? I don't. Oh my god! I didn't even Spartan know Dog, it existed. They sat on their couch in their undergraduate apartment, and they just talked for five minutes about subjects, or ten minutes or something. And it was uh, better than you would expect, actually. Well, we all know Le'Veon Bell, uh, multi-talented mm-hmm. uh, athlete, rapper, Renee LJ Sons, Scott. Man. Yeah. LJ Scott, fantastic running back. Not so great at the uh, the parking ticket situation, but, you know. Um, oh, no, it wasn't LJ Scott. Oh, I'm sorry. It was... Jeremy Linkford? No, before that. All right, you know what? This is dead air. We're not going to do it. We're so let's move, to, let's move to basketball. Uh, and let's talk some draft updates because there's not a ton of news coming out of basketball. I mean, there is some news, but we'll get to it in Off Grand River. Uh, but I guess the biggest note is that, uh, Xavier Tillman was interviewed by Jack Doles of Wood TV, and he said he was 50, 50 on coming back to MSU, which surprised me because it sounds like he's getting decent feedback, uh, about late first round, early second for the draft. First, it was Larry Caper that co-hosted Spartan Dog TV with Le'Veon Bell. Two, yeah, I, I think we would have put it at like 80-20 that he's gone, 90-10, right? Something yeah. like that. Now, this is the hometown newspaper. Uh, he thinks that he's talking to a constituency that wants him to go back to college. So yeah. there's a chance that he is you know, leaning back towards 50-50. But there is so much uncertainty out there right now. Like, what if he didn't get guaranteed money? Uh, yeah. What if What if he goes in the draft, he goes second round, doesn't get a guaranteed contract, and then there's not a basketball season or there's a very abbreviated basketball season? Like, he, there is something about having one in the hand when there's two in the bush. Um, and at MSU, my understanding is they've made commitments to him to move him and his family to larger accommodations. Uh, MSU pays for just about everything related to his family that I'm aware of. There, there's a pretty good amount of support there. Um, so there's something to be said for that. Now, I believe he's already graduated. Is that? I believe accurate? so. Yeah. So, you know, you get started on a graduate degree too. Not too bad. You know, basketball no. doesn't last forever. I think if there was less uncertainty, he'd probably be leaning more towards the NBA. But yeah, we'll and he, he also, though, does seem like a nice guy. And 50-50 means it's just as likely he goes as stays. So he's not mm-hmm. really hurting anything by saying that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he's pandering in a, malicious way or a manipulative way, but you know, he might just, you know, he's not, he's not going to say, yeah, I'm 80, 20. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who does that? Um, mm-hmm. He's, he's still deciding. So I, I, he's just pulling at my heartstrings. And, and I, I, as we said before, talk about a guy that you just want whatever, is good for him. Like whatever yeah. will make him happy. I'm, I'm thrilled for him. Except for um, the walk-ons. This is a team that's filled with guys that you just want to do well. And uh, that's all we want from Mr. Mm-hmm. Tillman. Yeah. 
Um, so with that, before we head off Grand River, we've got to hear from our not a sponsor this week. And this week is it's a good one. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. Um, it's we exciting. it was look, we're hard up for not a sponsors. So we had to take the ad where we could get it. This episode of, of Can't Read, Can't Write is not brought to you by Fantasy Flesh. In the era of COVID-19, companies are being called upon to be nimble and flexible. Our adult toys have long made reliable companions. But in this era, with so many people out of work and not able to afford our product, we're pivoting. In fact, a Korean baseball team had filled its stadium with some of our adult companions. That's right. Fantasy Flesh is now Fantasy Fans. We're here to help teams have as much of the real feel of game day as possible. Indeed, we've been helping tens of thousands with their completions for 15 years now. Let us help your team make completions too. For the sexiest fans, call Fantasy Fans. Lightly used models available at a discount. All right. Thank you, Fantasy Fans, formerly Fantasy Flesh, for being not a sponsor this week. And Greg, with that, let's head off Grand River and let's talk about a bag of flesh. Is there is there anything happening on Indiana AM Sports Talk Radio (laughs) this week? What's going on out there? Oh, Oh all right. You got one blowhard, Dan Dockage, Mm -hmm. hosting a radio show intermittently because he gets suspended. Um, (laughs) Because there's no telling whether or not he's going to be on the air. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he and Mr. Taco have something in common. You never know if they're going to be open. Um, but yeah, has uh, has Matt Painter, head coach of Purdue, um, onto the program? And on yep, he he's on the air. And Matt uh, addresses two of his recent transfers in uh, Mr. Harns, who we talked or uh, who we talked about. And uh, one we're going to talk about here in a second, No Gel Eastern. And I, I might be butchering the direct quote, but um, you may, I believe he said, you may have gotten your degree from Purdue, but you're not a boilermaker. Yeah. Uh, if you walk not out pleased. that door or something like that, you're not a uh, boilermaker. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, we're going to move on, he said. We've got a lot of great things going on at Purdue, and it's his loss on Eastern, Nogel Eastern in particular. When you walk out the door and you turn your back, you're not near. You're not thinking clearly about the big picture and what Purdue can do for you. I didn't deserve this after graduating from Purdue, uh, but it's the power of being at a great institution and being loyal. It's hard, man. Life is not like a walk in the park. The ones that stay positive and push forward, they're the ones who are successful in the long run. So, uh, yeah. He's not... Uh, still, if you've, gotten your, if you've gotten your degree from Purdue, you're not a Boilermaker if you walk out the door in the end. So, yeah, he's not, he's not thrilled about this. And, uh, you know, Tom Izzo also went on Dan's program afterwards and said... It's difficult to be a college basketball coach. Uh, we've talked about this. I think the position of the podcast is that uh, to a degree, these young men should be allowed to move from one place to another. Am I speaking out of turn on that? No, no. Yeah. 
So it's not a good look, but, uh, you know. But, but what's weird I- is that Izzo doesn't disagree with Matt entirely. I don't know that he would have used the same language. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know that he would have said something like, you're not a Spartan. Um, maybe, but I, I don't think so. Um, and then Dane Fife popping up, <laughs> starting Twitter fights with MSU fans over this point. Really? Um, this I didn't see. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you just spell out Dane Fife's name, he searches for himself. So he'll find you. He's like Dakich in that way. Um, Indiana boys. What can I say? But yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's strange. I, Izzo was on a, on a, another podcast that we don't speak of, um, recently and, you know, complimented painter for being brave enough to like speak his mind and then went on to, to say that he, he, he just doesn't believe, he doesn't believe that students should, or the student athletes should have the ability to transfer without sitting out. Hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think he pointed out he had some compelling points about how it, you know, potentially adversely affects other people on the team and mm-hmm. that, you know, that you'd made a commitment to. And now, you know, now you're bringing this guy who just transferred in. Um, but it, anyway, long story short, I, I'm. Going back to how we talked about don't say anything if you don't, you know, say nothing if you don't have something nice to say. It's sort of when people decide to transfer from MSU, my thought is we loved having you here. We hope you enjoyed your experience and wish nothing but great things for you. Like that's the beginning and end of the conversation. Is it different though? Privately, I've had to console you several times. (laughs) He was just calling me crying about how, how dare LJ Scott go to the NFL draft it was wrong with him well i had yeah, all I mean, my hopes and dreams tied up in lj scott so but but is it different to to pivot to the next topic is it different when that person goes to a school in your same conference so mm. with that let's talk no gel eastern who transferred from purdue to the <laughs> next day to michigan what's your take on this so uh, there was a lot of speculation out there that teams may be recruiting from other teams' rosters, active rosters. Now, I'm not saying that that happened in this case. I'm just saying Matt Painter seemed to have no idea that No Gel Eastern was going to transfer. No Gel Eastern announces his transfer. And then less than 48 hours later, he announces that he's transferring to U of M. I, I'm just putting it... I, I'm not, saying anything i'm just outlining you know what happened here the, so the timeline yeah the tiktok as they say so do they <laughs> they say tiktok it's it's a it's like a political jargon you wouldn't get it you don't you don't read okay. axios jesus the worst <laughs> all right anyway I I actually I don't know that it's that crazy though for someone to say I'm transferring and then 
to, you know, having been this far into their career to have an idea that of places they might like to play. And then lo and behold, Juwan Howard calls you up. And well, Nogel definitely had a offer from U of M out of high school. So it's something that they probably already evaluated. Uh, If you're not aware of the Purdue greater fandom and in the basketball team, Nogel Eastern's mom is uh, very well known to the community. Kind of think of her as a Draymond Green mom type character. Um, Now, she definitely probably had an an idea of a few places that she would like Noel to consider uh, that she'd already seen before. And when one of those places called Nogel up, they were probably all years. But uh, do you think when U of M had the tape on him that they knew he doesn't score? Yeah, I, I mean, that jumps off the page. <laughs> Thank you. I think you cannot watch basketball and you can look at the box score for a Purdue basketball. I mean, he was averaging now. like 32 minutes and four points. Yes, maybe five. It, it, it was yeah. not good. He doesn't just not score. He doesn't even like attempt to shoot sometimes <laughs> like teams will lag off of him and he doesn't even look at the basket um <laughs> u of m this isn't a u of m podcast uh so I'll, I'll defer to that this is very interesting like u of m's whole team is in such a state of flux right now it's very interesting adding in a high profile piece like no gel eastern just because you know the livers might stay in the draft it's still unclear what's going to happen there i I'm inclined to say that he's not 50 50, that he's greater than, than 50% likelihood to leave. Um, and then Franz Wagner, of course, is coming back. So he is going to be the offensive centerpiece of that team, I think is fair to say, right? Sure. So they're looking for a hole, filling a hole at point guard. They just had a guy that was a little ball dominant and ran a lot of screens. No gel Eastern doesn't have experience doing that. So we'll have, we'll be interested to see how that works out, but there isn't really like a, like a point guard point guard on that team right now. They have a bunch of guys that are point guard size that would probably prefer to shoot and play off the ball instead. So it, this could be a good thing for no gel, except for that. He doesn't, score and he also doesn't distribute the man doesn't have a lot of assists either he but his assist turnover ratio is pretty okay yeah he brings the ball up the floor and then he passes it to the two guard and then says posts up basically (laughs) uh but he i mean anytime you add an all big 10 defensive talent to your roster it's a good thing especially when your roster is in flux and you're looking at mid-major transfers for the most part so this is good for Michigan. I think no matter how you slice it, it is going to be interesting to see what happens if Juwan tells him to start taking more shots, if they're running the same ball screen heavy offense that they ran last year. I'm inclined to think that they will, but super, super crazy. Yeah. This is, the, is this the highest profile intra-league transfer that you can recall? 
Um, it comes to mind, yeah. I mean, Spike Albrecht went to Purdue from Michigan, but my understanding was that there wasn't a spot for him at Michigan. Um, I'm trying yeah, to I can't, think of other. Nothing's coming to mind. Dakich's son transferred to Ohio State. That was a thing. A lot of Michigan intra league transferring going on. Yeah. Uh, so hmm. anyway, no shell Eastern. Readjust your brain because he's gonna be wearing maize and blue next year. Oh boy, yellow and blue. All right. Well, let's head uh from that conversation to this just popped up in the news shortly before we started recording, and it was too good to not mention. Nebraska football players have been cited for maintaining a disorderly house. That's essentially a loud party, wherein there are more than 10 people in the home. That report has been sent off to the Health Department of Nebraska to determine whether a pandemic enforcement citation will also be issued. My question is, is this Scott Frost trying to create herd immunity for his team? or? Is it Scott Frost trying to get the Big Ten season canceled so that he can skate by for another year? Just collect that check and doesn't have to put up a record to show. I didn't lose this year, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, leave it to you, the audience, to interpret uh, why these Nebraska football players were all hanging out together in a disorderly house disorderly house a house of ill repute um not literally um anyway with that let's move to our sponsor uh, stop by so not not literally literally yeah um news out of the nfl there's a proposal that the owners will vote on that gives better draft position to teams that hire a head coach or a gm who is a person of color Mm-hmm. A little incentive. So the the NFL does have a diversity issue right now, right? Like there are not very many coaches or GMs of color at the moment. I believe there's two and two. Yeah. Uh, Which is relatively low. Like generally over the last 10, 15 years, the NFL has been doing a little bit better than that, but not overwhelmingly so. Uh, I mean, I kind of hate this though. Like, but what, why, why do you need to do this? What, like, why are you handing out gold stars for doing what is so obviously not only the right thing, but reflective of the, the people who actually play your sport percentage wise. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you even institutionalized a rule to interview candidates of, of yep. color. Like yep. I, I am baffled by this that somehow the way you incentivize doing what you just should be doing anyway like it shouldn't need incentive but <laughs> you're you're gamesmanshipping the whole thing and like does this does this create turnover like are, are you gonna hire you know are you gonna be like well i'd fire my gm but if i hire <laughs> a coach of color this year and then fire my GM next year and hire a GM of color next year, then I can bump my draft pick two years. What? Like, this is, is so dumb. It is funny that the group of people that make these decisions of who to hire are the ones that are going to be voting on this resolution. Right. Like, 
You guys can just decide to, to start just, hiring more people of color. Yeah, they're available. You can just do this. Yeah, like it is. It, it is so. <laughs> like I mean, it just is. It's like everything. It, everything wrong with just. <sighs> it, it is a whole bunch of rich white dudes and and Martha, just being the worst. Um, and, and not being able to see that they're the worst, like it, it is, it is an attempt to be more woke, but like bad. I, I, I don't know. Um, the first possible route to that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, with that, uh, more let's, yeah, let's talk some more bad news. Uh, and then we'll get to the Twitter questions. Sadly. Uh, as we've kind of alluded to and, and talked about, um, there have been ongoing financial concerns related to COVID that have led to additional athletics cuts. Um, the latest that have crossed our timeline anyway, uh, Bowling Green is eliminating baseball immediately. Uh, Akron has cut some of its sports and is not honoring scholarships, which was a little mm-hmm. alarming. Yeah. Apparently, even overruling a proposal to fundraise for those same scholarships. Um, And these aren't particularly uh, expensive sports either that they're, that they're cutting Um, like golf. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot of commentary here other than it's a headline that people should be aware of because I mean, it, it is a bummer and you should know about the things that are a bummer because there's not enough of that going on right now. Well, yeah, this, you know, but this is bad maction. This is the worst kind of maction. But it, it uh, also goes to show how how financially fragile athletics are at a lot of these institutions. Uh, these and institutions, yes. Yeah, and and they they maintain these athletics programs to grow their institution, but you know, it, they've been doing it at, at a razor's edge. If you want another example of this, and I, I kind of suspect that we'll be seeing Eastern in the headlines uh, at some point here in the near future, if you want just a little insight into how razor thin these margins are and how difficult it is for some of these teams and these programs to stay afloat, look at what's going on at Eastern Michigan with their new football and student athlete support building that's going in or has already been built. I think they ribbon cut it. Uh, and how they're trying to backwards fund that thing as a result of one of the key sponsors of it falling through because of a change to the athletic uh, leadership. It really shows how difficult it is to fundraise in those environments and how difficult it is to make the ends meet, so to speak. So, I think there's a degree to which some of these sports cuts are kind of looking for an excuse to happen. Right. Like, is, yeah. is that too wild a speculation for you to think no, that no, hey, I, this is a convenient thing for athletic departments to sort of identify as the reason when they're making these types of decisions? I, I think it gives them a bit of an easier and bigger axe to wield. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it, you know, it is also certainly a reflection of reality, right? Like, I mean, they, they could have gone on skating, uh, sort of, as we've said, I think too many times on the razor's edge, but the, the reality is that institutions are not only having to look at their immediate financial concerns, but also their, a longer term, uh, financial health. And so it's not just, you know, uh, it's not just freeing up the budget for this year. It's how do we make sure? I mean, the sad fact is, is how do we make sure we've got dollars in our pockets to keep our football team around? Yep. Um, so that if and when this happens again, or if there's a, a disruption in continuity, that we will be able to continue to finance our athletics department. Because, I mean, hell, the real crisis they might be facing is if the pay games are cut. You know, if the Big Ten goes to just a conference schedule, and all those games with the MAC where we pay them a ton of money to beat them disappear, that's a lot of revenue that just disappeared for them. Yeah. So they got to get ready. Um, so it's a real, it's a real bummer and, and it is a reflection probably of how, uh, kind of messed up and web-like, I guess is, uh, you know, uh, yes. Byzantine, Byzantine, uh, the, the whole system has gotten from a, from a financial standpoint and particularly with the haves and the have nots and, and how the sort of have nots are reliant upon the, the you know, those, yeah, the haves, um, I guess in some ways, not unlike life. Um, so with that happy news, uh, let's head to uh, a, a quick word from a real sponsor that is not a, not a sponsor, but a real sponsor. We want to let you know once again about our dear friend, Brandon Sands, who is a mortgage loan originator that want to let, wants to let you know that mortgage rates are at their lowest ever in American history, literally ever. And if you happen to be on the market to buy a home, or perhaps you already own a home and you are thinking about refinancing, you should reach out to Brandon. Brandon is, uh, is very experienced. He's closed over 10,000 loans of all varieties. And he works with one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country, Guaranteed Rate. Brandon is a consultative guy, a very analytical guy. He will sit down with you, examine not only just what your income and your credit score is, but talking about short-term, long-term goals, get a full picture of your financial health and what your objectives are. And then based upon that, we'll look through a variety of product, uh, products and find the one that fits you. If you right now, by the way, are paying 4% or higher on your uh, home mortgage, it's probably time to refinance. So reach out to Brandon. You can find him at rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That's R-A-T-E dot com backslash Brandon Sands, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-S-A-N-Z, rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. All right, Shrek, it's the main event. Twitter questions. Twitter questions, let's go. So we got a good number, not as many as last week, and that's fine. Uh, but Certain people uh, are boycotting us. Yeah, we had some conscientious objectors out there. Uh, mostly living in the mentions of our reigning champ and uh, not bothering to submit questions of his own. But uh, we don't need him because we have ASAP Hockey, formerly the Mature Bambino. Now, what is this Twitter handle this week? Balsamic Cigarettes. That's very good. That's solid. (laughs) Uh, First question from ASAP Hockey. Uh, Choose one Spartan past or present to elect as president. Ooh. 
I really should have thought about this question a little bit more. Oh, wait, it's obvious. It's Drew Stanton. Yeah, obviously. Drew Stanton 2020. Duh. But I would go with uh, I'd go with Cash, too, as a as a backup, maybe a VP. Yeah, I mean, he is going to be like a U.S. senator someday. Like, yeah, we're going to look back on that (laughs) on that MSU uh, Syracuse game. And we're going to be like, oh, yeah, that was, you know. Oh, my God, look at all the talent on that team, that MSU team. And then also sitting U.S. Senator uh, Cassius Winston was the Mm. point guard. Weird. Um, Weird. Yeah. Very weird. So there we go. Uh, Second up, keeping on the same theme from ASAP Hockey, the Office remake with Spartans. Who is Michael, Dwight, Jim, Stanley, and Kevin? Do you want to take Michael first? Um, Yeah, so I think Michael is... I'm going to say that this is a past and present situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I'm going to call him a Spartan by employment, but it's John L. Smith. Mm. Okay. I like that. You got, you got someone different. Uh, I didn't have, I I was just going to come up with something off the cuff, but I do kind of like John L. Smith as Michael, you know, he's a spectacle in the, in the, uh, press conference. Yep. Uh, oblivious, have much of a filter, totally oblivious to stuff. Yeah. Let's go with that. All right. Um, Jim, who you got? I mean, there's so many, there's so many gems out there. Um, so, I mean, we could just do Drew again. Drew for president. Drew, 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 Drew is Jim. Yes. <laughs> um, I like how we slow played the Drew Stanton uh, standing. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's just ramped up to everything. It's just Drew Stanton all the time. I... I do think it, it it really he I could say it he really colored our lens for what it is to be a Spartan. Mm-hmm. Um and and we're eternally grateful. I mean, just you could just believe in the guy. He, I mean, he carried teams on his shoulders. Yeah. Ugh. And he kind of had Jim hair too. Yeah. Yeah, for Very sure. Similar. Uh, Who's your uh MSU Spartan Dwight? Oh, this is this is too easy. It's Dane Fife. It is okay. absolutely Dane Fife. I was going to go with with Ingler as MSU Dwight. <laughs> he might be more of a Kevin, but we can discuss. <laughs> Don't be mean to Kevin. I disagree with with uh, with uh, Dane Fife. I think th- there's a recency bias on that. And I'm going to stick with Ingler as Dwight. What about Stanley? Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, sort of uh, jovial but disinterested. Yeah. Um who's the distant father of of MSU as an institution or I mean Ooh, Stanley is tough but kind of snarky. I mean it could be could it be Dre? Sure. I think Dre tries a little too hard to be Stanley. Um as in like puts forward. Yeah, no, that's true. No, he's not a Stanley. So. Well, he, though, he, though the, the look in Stanley's eyes when he's in the, the sumo costume, mm. that, that those eyes were Draymond's eyes when he was on the court. Um, but mm. no, you're right. Um, you got, come on, there's gotta be someone better. You got someone for this. I don't know. But for Kevin, I've got Paul Davis. 
<laughs> yes, that is very obvious. Um, I'm also not loving how we've sort of archetyped these, so I want to come up with somebody else for either one of those. Okay. Do you want to do that now, or do you want to come back to it the way that we'll I come back, back to it? Okay. All right. Next Park one. TV. <laughs> if you could be an animal for a week, what would you choose? Also, you have to survive a week as that animal in its natural environment. I would choose to be the pangolin so I could have my revenge on the human race for trying to eat me and my, my kind. <laughs> okay. I take down all of you. I lock down your entire economies. I'm the pangolin. I'm also kind of cool. I'm a mammal, but I've got scales. And I, I'm like a... You know, I, I've, I make a little huffing noise as I walk around and I'm kind of cute. I'm, a, I'm the pangolin. What it do you think? Super superpowers if people eat you. Yeah, um, there we go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'd be super curious what it's like to be a dog, I guess. I know it's kind of lame. Like a natural environment, like a street dog or like a. Like we'll go with a wolf dog. then. Mm. You know, I'd be curious. Like an Isle um, Royal inbred dying wolf type of situation is that what you're doing you know, like a great white wolf or a great a gray wolf like you know just one that's in north america here okay all right <laughs> the age you die at is your current phone percentage how long do you have to live or are mm. you dead already mm. what will you do with this information and how will you spend your time i'm gonna get bored i'm at 90 so <laughs> i can uh, stand to drink a few more beers is what i just learned I, when I saw this question come across, I was at 10%, so I am dead already. <laughs> and um, I am haunting everyone's ears and continue to plan to do so for the foreseeable future. And last, if Drew Stanton was to teach a class at MSU, what would he teach? God, how to smolder. How to smolder. <laughs> Didn't he do, wasn't it a thing that they kept saying his senior year? That, oh, he's in ballroom dancing classes for his. I think that was one of his things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so seems most notable, right? You come back to teach some dancing. Mm -hmm. I believe he wore a tutu also at some of the Arizona Cardinal games. I would go to that class. That man (laughs) could teach me how to ballroom dance. As long as he leads. Mm -hmm. Um, Next up is CT and TC. First question. Favorite Pixar movie? Hmm. Um, I mean, they're mostly super good, right? So if I had to just pick one, I think. I don't know, let's go with Wally. I think Wally's really good. That's, I, th- I think if I had to just like look at all of them in front of me and I had to be like, I haven't seen any of these in a while. Which one is it going to be? I think I think Wally would would be a good one to go back to. I don't think a lot of people would choose Wally though. What about you? I don't think they would. Um, it's either Incredibles or Incredibles 2. Um, I is have... this because that movie is seared into your brain by your son? And yet somehow, as much as I got over it for a time, it's come back around. I've watched it so many times, it's come back around. Um, and they are really fantastic movies. And, and Incredibles 2, I think, actually um, is really kind of fantastic because it's about uh, Elastigirl, 
Mrs. Incredible going mm-hmm. back into superhero duty and dad having to take care of responsibilities at home and, and support her and her career ambition. I think that's fantastic. So yeah, that's what I'm going with though. Toy Story. Is I haven't seen it. Awesome. Toy Story is pretty awesome. Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel about in conference transfers? CTTC asks. <laughs> I have a feeling that all of a sudden CT likes him a little bit more than he did before. Uh, I mean, there have not been a ton of high profile in conference transfers like we talked about. So in general terms, what do you think about in conference transfers? I mean, it's a transfer. Like I, I look at it, it is that that person is no longer on your roster and you face the reality that that person is no longer on your roster. It's not just that that person's no longer on your roster, though. That person can help scheme against your roster. So it's like the the beeline thing where he would never sign a waiver for someone that was on the schedule the, the following year. Um, you know, the pros I think there's, deal with this stuff, though. Like, they deal with it just fine. Yeah. I mean, like, that's it, true. I, I, I just, it, I, I, you, I don't spend... I don't spend my energy when it comes to MSU thinking about, well, how are we going to match up against the rest of the big 10? Mm-hmm. Like I'm more concerned about the general awesomeness of our team and that, you know, you have, you have faith in your coach, you have faith in your players that they'll figure it out. I, I just, I just don't care though. I would say I will put an asterisk on good old Matt painter painters comments as much as I might've disagreed with them. If you transfer to the university of Michigan, having gone to Michigan state, you are not a Spartan. Yeah. You're a scoundrel. <laughs> I mean, just, you, it, it means you never, ever had any of the things that we care about. So, um, so yeah, I'm fine with them unless they're to U of M. Um, next question, favorite sports documentary. Uh, do you have one for this? So I was trying to think of sports documentaries that I've seen. And Uh (laughs) I don't know if this is We had, when I was younger, some uh, VHSs of the 49ers Super Bowl victory seasons. And those were probably my first sports documentary. You know, they were like the ones put out by Sports Illustrated. There were the infomercials for back in the day. Yeah, so... Those were probably my first, and I have no reason to say that they are not my favorite. Is unless you count Dodgeball as a documentary. It's a do- Dodgeball, Michael, is a documentary, and the events happened in real time. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to choose to interpret competitive video games as a sport, and I'm going to choose The King of Kong. Oh yes! All right. If I, if that documentary you, sports. Documentary. That is such a good movie. Such mm-hmm. a good movie. Yes, if anyone has not seen King of Con Fistful of Quarters, I second Greg wholeheartedly. That is a good call, Greg. Um, that's a great movie. It is. Uh, it's very good. Least favorite MSU player that didn't leave early or transfer is CT and TC's last question. So I've got to start going back because I've taken a approach of not complaining not allowing myself to complain of the student athletes. So I have to reference back before I successfully implemented that. 
uh, policy. Do you remember the way that Terry Love used to try to return punts? <laughs> no. We're going all the way back to Stanton era for everyone too young. I mean, I know we our demographics are late 20s to early 30s dudes, so you'll probably remember Terry Love. But Terry Love used to field the punt return and then run always at least 25 or 30 yards laterally and then get tackled for a two or three yard loss. It, it was infuriating. I just remember standing in Spartan stadium being like, go that way with the ball, go up the field with the ball, just do something. So why isn't it Sowards then? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that could also be <laughs> really just anyone from MSU's punt returning teams that aren't Keyshawn Martin. Uh, right. I could have done without that dude. And even Keyshawn had uh, his struggles at times. So, so you, don't have, you don't have a basketball player then? I can't think of... I was thinking about this. There's no one in particular that I was like, just go away, please. I do remember when Mojo, Maurice Joseph, was the three-point specialist and he was really good at missing three-point shots, especially clutch three-point shots. And it didn't bother me that much when he transferred. But... There's not, is there someone that you're thinking of on the basketball team that you could have done without? We'll leave it at a yes. no comment for right now. Um, but I will say uh, Deontay uh, was never a huge fan. Who? Davis. Monte Davis. Oh, yeah. Why? He was so young. He was just raw talent. Oh, what wait, your... I can't pick. I can't pick someone who left early. Um. Yeah, then I'm not going to comment right now. I'll tell you offline. Um, with that, we'll move to Raymond Chains. Uh, Too sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving to Raymond Chains. First question for Raymond is, is it fair to say that Tucker cares less about what his recruits have done and more about their athletic potential? He's trying to create new species of stronger, taller, more competitive humanoids. <laughs> Raymond, we got to be careful with. Uh, <laughs> yes, we do. I felt uncomfortable reading here. it. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't claim. I don't think anyone in the media can claim well, to know it, what the recruiting approach is. It seems pretty clear. It, I mean, size matters for Tucker. Oh, I, I mean, he said we're going to sleep fast. I still love that line. But we don't know what these what the difference is in terms of production in high school for these recruits versus those in the D'Antonio regime. I would bet it's similar. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, find me a five star that's under six foot that he's just refusing to offer. And then and then we'll talk about it. But I mean, look, I think. Mike Jones, he he is looking for for big boys, uh, and if he's and if he's fishing in the you know the high to mid three star, low four star pool, then he's going to have a preference for for big guys. Um, can't teach teach size. No, nope, can't teach size. Um, I'll take this. Uh, for you, uh, Mike Jones. What are you ang- What are you angry about this week? <sighs> All right. Raymond, you want a minute and eight? You want me to put you on the clock? You want me to bring this up? Sure. All sure, right, sure. One sure. sec. 
Just, just watch. Just watch the thing on. The I'm ready when podcast. you are. All right, Raymond. Look, I came back from Delaware, and I'm so thrilled and excited to be home. I mean, it was it was great staying with my in-laws, but that's not the point. The point is, is I came home and I started doing all this yard work. I turned my backyard from a sloppy place that had been abandoned for two months into something beautiful. I sent Greg pictures of it. And the centerpiece, the centerpiece was these string lights that I spent way too much money on at Home Depot. I strung them up and I crisscrossed them. It took hours because they kept falling apart, didn't work. And then, boom, voila, perfect. Loved it. Had a great night, little fire last night. And then today, today, Raymond, I go to flip on the string lights. And one of the connections between the plugs had severed because the tape was no longer holding it together. And now, now I have to redo all of it. My back hurts, my legs hurt, and it's all because of these stupid lights. That's what I'm angry about. That was almost exactly a minute. Congratulations. It was also the closest to an old man yelling at a cloud that this podcast has ever been. That's because they don't hear you before we start recording. What is the separation that's happened between your, your string lights? What is this situation? Multiple, you know, there's multiple strings that are strung together and they, you plug them together. Well, that plug piece is being torn apart by the tension. Yeah, but if do I don't have, have the tension. Little, a little like loop them together and back around trick for how to make two plugs like a knot. Oh, I did not know this. All right, Raymond, I'm well, no longer angry. Greg fixed the whole thing. It's still going to have to be all be redone, but it'll be, it'll be better. All right. Next question. Greg for a minute for coming up with great ideas. Let's go. What am I supposed to to do for a minute? Crazy. Next next up from Raymond Chains. This week on the D'Antonio cam, trouble when Harbaugh shows up to the family barbecue. Will there be bad language and flatulence or will Harbaugh and the D be drunkenly lip syncing by the end of the night. What, what do you think a D'Antonio Harbaugh barbecue looks like, Jonesy? Uh, I think they just avoid each other. I, I don't think there's kindness between them. Uh, and so they are like warring cousins who just have their own camps. But if they do end up drunkenly lip syncing, you can bet you it's going to be a hymn. <laughs> You may latte Dale. Those two guys have oil and water for personalities. <laughs> like I can just imagine Mark standing at the grill, not saying anything to anyone, just like, just like poking at the meat on the grill. And then I can just imagine that Harbaugh is that dude that is like, people are just around him because he's such a spectacle and he's just yelling about stuff. I bet. I don't know this for sure, but I bet Jim Harbaugh has a lot of theories about COVID-19. <laughs> so yes. people are going to just sort of gravitate towards him because those types of events are boring. And if someone's saying something interesting, you're going to watch. Uh, and it's not long before he, he, he starts his shirts and skins touch football game, which people are boys there. Um, <laughs> only if there's recruits there. Uh, sleepover, so. sleepover, anyone? Uh, next 
up from Rape and Chains because we move on now. It seems like a good time. Why are we still talking about the next season of anything? Our hopes have been flushed down and headed straight to S-Town. Gotta live, gotta live, gotta live in (laughs) S-Town. The plane is headed straight for the mountain and we'll be lucky if we can resume much of anything in the next five years. Raymond's feeling a little... Straight for the effing mountain, Kevin. A little discouraged right now. Um, well, I think Raymond maybe picked up on some of the things that we talked about last week with Alex. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I saw the, uh, the obviously not out of his expertise head of Barstool Sports ranting about how, um, the goalposts have moved from flatten the curve to, um, now we got to wait until there's a vaccine. Um, and Look, I mean, it sounds like maybe, maybe with a minuscule amount of evidence, certainly not a double blind and placebo study on a vaccine, but maybe there's hope for a vaccine. Um, But Raymond's not wrong. The reality is that uh, based on the best information about polio at the time, they shut things down every summer. and waited for a vaccine. So I don't know, man, I, I don't know what happens to this podcast. I don't know that we can endure no football and no basketball and and keep Twitter competition. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know that we want to start 2021 being like, all right, it's another month of Twitter question competition. Um, but we talk about next season because what else are we going to talk about, man? Like, uh, you can plan for the worst and hope for the best. And I think we, I think Kevin and I, whether it's naturally or, or discussed beforehand, try and make this podcast as much of both of those things. It's why we, you know, talk to Alex beforehand about um, COVID and sports. So at least, you know, when he's not here, I don't totally say things that are completely moronic. Um, and that's why we cover recruits because recruiting right now is the closest thing we have to hope. So you do both. And good God, there's going to be a vaccine in the next five years, right? Like, yes. Good, yes. Good God. Whew. Uh, all right. So we'll move on to Anthony Garbert. First up, have you had a, Oh, pardon me. If you had a beer brewed in your honor, what would it be called? And what kind would it be? So let's say that there's a, we'll, we'll just answer this. If there was a podcast uh, beer, what do you think? Ooh. What would it be called? Ooh. Um, I know this isn't what Anthony had in mind. But no, but I like this not. question a little bit better. So Anthony, um, Rex taking your idea and running with it. Um, I, but I don't know that my, my answer changes too much. It's, it's either something beer pongable or, um, something session, probably some sort of session IPA. I've been really actually enjoying these, these sort of hazy, juicy IPAs lately. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of on that train right now. I do like the idea of it being a mower beer. Um, and I, I, maybe it's called like illiteracy and it's in like really yes. flourishy writing <laughs> yes. on the label. Like sort of the Detroit D script kind of a thing. Yeah. 
can't read, can't write, mower, ale. Um, something like I that like this. sounds pretty good. We should get in touch with a brewing company and have that happen. Yeah. Um, sponsor, Fraser's Pub, make that happen for us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next question from Anthony. Kind of an interesting one. What two teams would you add to the Big Ten if given the opportunity? I think there's another question similar to this, or it's who you would play every year, which is as good as having them in the conference, really. Sure. You're going to hate this, but Notre Dame just makes too much sense to pass by. Um, I do hate that. You're right. I would also add in the conference realignment discussions, I kind of always liked... I. I know that geography is important to a degree and Nebraska makes way more sense than Rutgers. I kind of always in the back of my head, like the idea of adding like Oklahoma, Texas or something like that to the big 10. Or I mean, Tennessee doesn't bring as much to the table except for a hundred thousand person stadium that they can't fill anymore. Um, I I don't know. I we'll go Notre Dame, Oklahoma. What about you? Um so there would be a certain amount of pleasure in adding Colorado only to troll them for years to come with Mel Tucker. Um talk about not adding anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, uh, I to keep the geographic footprint making some semblance of sense. Um, WVU is a tier one research institution. Um, they wouldn't be totally not a fit with, uh, with the big 10. Um, and they historically field fine football and basketball teams, maybe not world breaking, but they would add competition. Um, I hate Notre Dame, but I mean, you're probably right about it, though. If uh, maybe another pick would be Iowa state, I would welcome, yeah. uh, another sort of state school. That's, you know, state in the same way that we are to the, yeah. to the mix now. Uh, I mean, I just don't like your choices. This is my classism coming through. I don't think it's a good idea to add another Iowa school or, a school from West Virginia, not exactly a, a booming, you know, there is a, a certain ge- a, you know demographic issue with a lot of the big 10 states and that they're not exactly adding population at a, at a huge rate. So adding in Iowa, more representation in Iowa and West Virginia. Your problem isn't, isn't elitism. Your problem is wealth. You, you're looking for the money. Yeah. Of course I'm looking for the money. That's okay. why that's what motivates all of this. Next question from Anthony, because I'm over you. What is the most impressive piece of MSU memorabilia that you can flex about? I've got a lot of ticket stubs at this point. There's ticket stubs all over the place. Um, I'm sure some of them are pretty good. I was really pleased that I got to go to the Boise State game. And in fact, I've got a framed picture of the of the like crowd shot for that game with my ticket stub in there that game didn't end up being i mean we won so i was happy about that but didn't turn out to be like as formative or spectacular as i thought it was going to be um 
what about you? What jumps out? Um, so I've got a lot of alumni t-shirts. I think that's my answer. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're holding on to at least, uh, one newspaper for me. Um, but I would say, Anthony, the sad fact is I don't have anything. So what you can do for me is hop on eBay and then slide into my DMs and just tell me what you're sending to me. How's that sound? Good. I don't All right. Do that. <laughs> uh, last question from Anthony is, how would you rank the nine Star Wars episodes and how soon can we expect the next trilogy? All right, Michael, we're talking about the Skywalker saga here, the canonical Skywalker saga. All right, no, Anthony, straight up. Number, number one, one solo. Christmas special. <laughs> number two, Christmas special or solo, the Star Wars spinoff film. Number two, the Ewok movie, the straight to VHS Ewok movie that my mom rented for me when I was in like second grade because it said Star Wars on the cover and she didn't know what it was. And I didn't know what it was either. Um, number three, Jedi. No, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I will say this. I, I don't want to go through all nine. The last one was a huge letdown for me. I thought number nine, the one most recently in theaters. And you know what? Prequel trilogy, the second and third in the prequel trilogy, not as bad as everyone says. So keep that in mind for your rankings. Keep it in mind. Anything you want to add to this? Zero. Uh, next up is go MSU, butt boy 69. I'm just going to start calling on you Zanjo because I can't keep saying that on air. Uh, Zanjo wants to know, uh, thoughts on I use QB name being named Dick Penix. Well, it's Michael Penix jr. But you Do got Michael me to now. Go back. <laughs> I mean, I've certainly been called that from time to time, but can't say, can't say that I go by it. um next up is sawyer like tom which want to say by the way sawyer like tom we did not forget about your segment at all and that we just merely are continuing to decide what each big 10 school would be if they were a drink we definitely didn't forget about it and we will do it next week i promise with that first question if you could change one rule in football, what would it be? Hmm. Um, I don't know. Let's let's introduce some more uh, Canadian football rules into this thing. Let's let the wide receivers. I want this more like arena slash Canadian football. I want the wide receivers to be in motion behind the line of scrimmage. They got a real head of steam going down the field. That's my choice. Let's let's go with that. Open I it up. Vertical the- threat. I didn't hate the XFL's um, extra point system, mm, but mm-hmm. I, um, oh man, I had a real one. I would also maybe choose something oh. about um, shortening TV timeouts. So oh, sure. Uh, oh, I would change um, if a quarterback is sacked, uh, count it as negative passing yards, not as negative rushing yards. That's oh ridiculous. God. Even though we've benefited from it for for some records, I, like it's stupid. Um, next question: What was your favorite and least favorite class at MSU? 
Uh, well, everyone sort of clocked us for how old we are. I had an econ course with Professor Jay Wilson, who went to MIT with Ben Bernanke, and I had that class while the Great Recession was happening. And as Lehman Brothers was going under and other things were happening, he had a couple of weeks where he just like threw out the book and he was like, we don't know what's going on right now. So let's just talk about the news and what's happening and how we got here and how Ben Bernanke is the smartest person I've ever met in my life. And uh, those were tremendously in- interesting times uh, to be in a course like that. My least favorite class was one that I took senior year just to fill time, basically. It was a geology course. And I think the geology department is gone now or very slimmed down. Good riddance. Um, But it also had my favorite, perhaps, lecture of my time at MSU. There was a guest lecturer from one of MSU's historians about Detroit, and he talked all about how you know, the, the various systems that allowed for Detroit to become what it was at that time. And that, that was one of the most interesting lectures. Like, uh, I was fully engaged from beginning to end. And I think that was a, a case where like, we were asking questions of this man, even long after like the class was over and most everyone stuck around for at least 10 or 15 minutes afterwards. So that's what comes immediately to mind to me. What about you? Um, so, uh, my favorite, well, I, I, actually I'll go with my least favorite. There was certainly a biology class that I hated that was required, but I think sort of like Tom continues to troll me and she would obviously know it was Spanish. It was obviously Spanish. I failed it twice. It was Spanish. Can you quit quit bringing up Spanish? Um, I took a, for favorites, um, I'll just name a few. I took a con law class that was fantastic, though nowhere near as good as actual law school. Um, I took a uh, philosophy of logic class that probably would be super useful for coders, though I'm sure they're kind of already there. Um, and the, I forget what it was titled. Um, if Plum was here, he would remember, but it was essentially a philosophy class on all of the evil philosophers. So it covers your Nietzsche, your Machiavelli. Um, we spent most of our time on Nietzsche and that was a lot of fun and challenging because the nice thing about Nietzsche is no matter what you believe, he will say something that really pisses you off. So, um, and, and drills down on, well, why do you actually believe what you said? And, um, it's useful to drill down on that. So anyway, with Mm -hmm. that next question is we already know Greg watches Downton Abbey. What's a TV show that you enjoy that would surprise listeners. Kevin, you got anything else? I mean, Downton, uh, let me think about that. What's yours? Is there anything that comes to mind for you? So maybe this doesn't surprise people, but one of my all-time favorite shows, if not my favorite show ever, is Psych. Absolutely mm. love Psych. It is awesome, 
highly recommend, and I want people to live tweet me as they're watching. Please do. It'll make Greg very happy, too. Yeah, that would be great. Do that. I definitely won't turn off Twitter notifications while that's happening. All right. Uh, I will. I will think about the TV thing. I'll I'll pipe in if something comes up. Uh, Finally, from Sawyer Like Tom, what is your D&D alignment? I'm neutral good and wishes that she was more chaotic. That's fair. Um, I think I tend to be more neutral lawful. Um, and that when I played was certainly where I felt best as a character. I think I want to say I was chaotic lawful when I, that's not possible. No, uh, you can be good, evil, chaotic or, uh, lawful. Uh, where's my, just give me the, the whole alignment chart. So there's good and evil. Those are opposites. And there's chaotic and lawful. Those are opposites. Let's go chaotic neutral. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That that feels right. That feels right for fourth grade Greg. Um, next up is John Hubbard. First question. MLB ownership is floating a salary cap for an abridged 2020 season. Would this be a net positive or negative for the league? Assuming the players actually agreed to it. I will say I've seen some videos from some of the players who are like, nah. Yeah, you you promised to pay me and I'll take a prorated rate, but like, nah. Yeah. And and I don't blame them, especially given the, the proposals they were floating for how they were going to actually do this season where you're going to have to live in a hotel for an entire yeah. year. Basically, you live on a compound. Like, yeah. Nah, you're going to pay me. <laughs> um, I don't blame the players either. Uh, this would be a really hard sell for me. And this is why there's a players union. So I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and it, I also, I also don't think it would really affect the play on the field. Do you disagree? No, but I think maybe the, the heart of this question is, do you think that, um, doing a salary cap, even if for an abridged season gets that, gets that notion in, it notion in front of them that maybe we start having a salary cap. Yeah. Mm. Sure. I mean, other leagues, uh, players in other leagues are railing on the salary caps and other salary cap related things like a franchise tag and stuff like that. And I don't think the MLB is going to go for something like that. I, I don't think. No, and especially because MLB players get paid really ridiculous sums of money crazy considering that they're like not the most popular sport by a lot it's a volume game michael well so i think if they agreed to a salary cap (laughs) that would be real bad for them Mm -hmm. real bad even if the salary cap was huge i think you would see such a downward trend in wages there's no there's no way they'd be fools to agree to it yep um next question greg go ahead uh next from john hubbard since jonesy hasn't been to el for a while and didn't know gumby's was closed should we tell him about all the new developments going on downtown and about the one really cool thing no john we can't tell him about that if he wants to find out about that he's gonna have to come back see in september see in september (laughs) 
if you could go back in time and stop U of M from being founded, would you? Assuming MSU still exists in this alternate timeline, would we enjoy being the only big time school in the state as much as we enjoy having an in-state rival? John, I would ask, how do you think Ohio State feels? That's true. Like, imagine, just imagine the resources if there was only one major state university and then a bunch of smaller ones in Michigan. Like, good lord. And that'd be way better for the directionals as well. And for Wayne for sure. State. Um, no, I'm going to say no. You know, if MSU were the only major research institution in the state, it would take on probably a lot of the same characteristics that U of M have. Agreed. Don't particularly care for. So I'm going to thank U of M for sucking up all of that bad energy and uh, go on my way being MSU. I wouldn't change a thing. Tip of the cap to you for being the worst. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next up is Brandon List, who asks, what do your wives think of the pod? Are we going, are we going to hashtag real talk on this? It's always real talk here. Mm-hmm. I'll answer this question first. Uh, my wife is one of our earliest listeners. I think she might've been the first person outside of the two of us to actually hear us talking on a podcast in our two unaired test, test episodes. Episodes. There should we should we start a patreon for those <laughs> uh yeah let us know if you want to hear <laughs> from us circa uh what was that week two of the college football season it's most recent yeah. college football season i'd like to go back to that see how how well uh if we aged like milk or what happened um she still gets to listen every week and uh she did tell me after two or three weeks, when I was asking for more and more feedback, she said, listen, you're doing a good job and I enjoy listening to it. I'm not just listening because you asked me to. And I was like, I still don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? What do you think? Um, my wife is not a listener um, unless we are around other people and she then wants to show people that i have a podcast really she wants to show that so in which case she will put she'll play it on her phone and turn the volume up on her phone for other people to listen at a time that is never particularly convenient um (laughs) and uh it's always i don't mind i don't mind telling people i have a podcast i don't mind having people uh in my life listen or hear the podcast um we have people who are not MSU alum that are friends of ours or MSU fans that are friends of ours or mine that, that listen. And that actually has been, I guess, some indication of validation that they continue to listen despite having no vested stake. Mm -hmm. But, um, my wife's not really a podcast person. Um, and the podcast she does listen to, we could do a whole show on that. So, um, yeah, give us, uh, give us just a rough outline. No, uh, think, think of the show, the challenge and the podcast surrounding the challenge, uh, 
from MTV. Yep. Um, and, um, yeah, but it, it, it creates a fun reoccurring bit where I say, oh, did you hear me talk about that on the podcast? And she looks <laughs> at me real angry because she knows that I know she did not listen to me on the podcast. Uh, with that, we will move to Nate C, who asks, what's your favorite Rick and Morty episode? I... Nate, I got to be honest with you. I stopped watching Rick and Morty, not because of the show itself, but because of the fans and all the stuff going on around Rick and Morty. Uh, but the episode with Mr. Poopy Butthole is fantastic. Um, and I know that that's not a good reason to stop watching a show, especially when it's not the show's fault. So I will get back to Rick and Morty here at some point because it deserves to be watched. What about you? I was never able to get into it. And I love Dan I just Harmon. I really like Dan Harmon. So community. I love Dan Harmon. Yeah. I just, I just could get into it. Uh, next question. If you were to rob a bank, what one item would you absolutely have? A face mask. Yeah. <laughs> That's the responsible thing to do. And yeah, the right thing to do when you're robbing a bank. <laughs> Take note, Nate. Come on. Add that to your, your kit. Uh, final up from Nate C. Mike Jones, favorite breakfast food. Didn't we get a question that was waffles or, uh, that was, that was from our friend, uh, ASAP hockey. Uh, Uh, we scratched it. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I will say that a really good French toast is amazing, but yeah, I think if I if I had to say favorite because it's the thing that I will have most regularly, I'm I'm going eggs. Yeah, I, I don't French know. toast is great. You're right about that. Um, something but I couldn't have French toast every day. Yeah, give me some kind of like scramble with some savory elements to it. That's probably mm-hmm. like a little favorite. sausage in there. You know. All right, moving on to Jer Bear, who, God, the angst from those, from Jer and Nate over the Twitter question contest, and then the upper deck jerk guy just skipping. Um, if you were a condiment in your fridge, or if you were a condiment in your fridge that you have right now, what would you be? Uh, uh, old mustard. Like, is it still good mustard? You know, like when you like test out the mustard and you're like, okay, it's springtime. Is this mustard that I bought late summer still usable mustard? You need to use mustard more often, man. What do you put on sandwiches? I don't make a lot of sandwiches. (sighs) What do you have for lunch? You work at home. Uh, We had soup today. Okay. Nice uh, rainy day soup. All right, uh, I'm going to go with Dijon mustard because it's bougie and spicy. All right, Truly next awesome. up. <laughs> thank Jeremy you. <laughs> he probably does. Uh, you get to have a team be a permanent non-conference football game, and it is not Notre Dame. Who do you choose? Ooh, I like that. Um, I really like that Miami's coming this year. That's fun. Um, I don't want to do Alabama. Remember when there was an MSU Alabama home and home scheduled that Nick Saban canceled? Um, (laughs) 
Let's go. If it can't be Notre Dame, it's got to be out of conference. Let's go with a West Coast team. Oregon. That Oregon home and home series was a lot of fun. And I would choose Oregon to be the permanent one. What about you? Uh, I'd pick Texas because uh, they're historically hyped. So Mm -hmm. you get them early in the year before, like U of M, people find out they're a fraud. Uh, and they bring that brand recognition. So, yeah. Like uh, Maryland. Like, how like Maryland? Maryland beat Texas oh. last year. Yes, yes. I would take a home and home, or not even a home home. I would just take a, a permanent non-conference game with Texas. Um, and then Jer adds, same question, but for basketball. Can't be the ACC. Ooh, ooh, ooh that's a really good question. Um, the Zags. And it kind of makes sense. If we could do like a permanent home and home every year, Gonzaga setup, yeah. that would be a good time. Yeah. Um, I would do Villanova at the Palestra. I think okay. that would be really cool. Um, I know that's a home game for them, really, but um, that I think that would be. That tells cool. me that we wouldn't get those tickets for 20 bucks, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> that uh, might be a slightly harder game to get into. Um, Jerbear bringing the heat, though, with those questions. Those were great questions. Yes. Um, all right. So remember that uh, that glut of uh, F. Mary Kill that we had last week? Uh, Jer has a new version of it. It is Reboot cancel after two seasons and kill before production starts. These are TV shows. So you have to reboot cancel after two seasons or kill the wire parks and recreation or big mouth. I Jer, I think this is a great twist on last week. I'll ask this question first before we finish this is a reboot really something that you want to happen to your favorite shows. One of the best shows like, is that a fate that you wish for? I love 30 Rock. Do I want to see it rebooted with nope, no. not Terry, Tina Fey and not Tracy Morgan and not like here instead of reboot, and this is not going to work because the boy already had this. What about a full HD remastering? Cancel after two seasons, kill before production starts. Yeah, um, because yeah, I, I, like I, I don't, I don't want to see a reboot of The Wire. I don't. No. I and, or, and it reminds me of um, what's that that song uh by the by Poss- Possum Kingdom by the Toadies, mm-hmm. where it's like, do you want to die? And it's be my angel, and it's sort of like it's this weird thing about killing somebody because they're perfect. Like I would almost rather have The Wire not exist than to have it either canceled after two seasons when after the sec- second season, people would be like, what the hell was happening or <laughs> reboot it. I would rather, I would rather kill the wire and cancel big mouth after two seasons and reboot parks and rec. Okay. I'm going to choose to interpret this as HD remaster. I'm going to HD you remaster. Can't change the, you can't change it. All right. I'm going to reboot. Big Mouth, because I've actually never watched it. So I, I know what it is, and I know that I should watch it. I know that it's good. You're going to reboot uh, it without I'm gonna cancel The Wire after two seasons. No, I'm going to cancel 
Parks and Rec after two seasons because that that's the the new best thing. And then Kill the Wire. I, this is tough. This is tough. <laughs> this is a good question, though. Uh, this was yeah. a, this took more time than it should have. Soldier added in, saved us here. Soldier Dan, uh, can't read, can't write contributor, said reboot the wire, kill Parks and Rec, cancel Big Mouth after two seasons. So I'll go Strong with Strong disagree. Strong disagree. Uh, all right, last up is Taylor Anderson. Some call me coach. If you could get a last dance style, sorry, if you could get a last dance style documentary made on an MSU athlete slash team, Greg wrote steam, who slash what team would it be? Oh, that typo was Taylor's. Yeah, I didn't fix all of them for him. Apparently I thought I had. Um, uh, I mean, I think the 66 football team, right? the yeah it'd be a good you know, one i mean that i i know some stuff about that team i don't know enough about it uh so that might be my choice because there's been a lot of coverage for msu since then there is that documentary about glenn washington that i haven't had a chance to watch it was uh it glenn washington's daughter came to campus she screened it a couple times i think i missed it or i wasn't able to do it that night but um i want to see that at some point uh what about what do you think um i would pick probably either i'm gonna go recency here but 2013 football because 2012 was not a great year so that would be kind of a fascinating story to hear that that turnaround so maybe 2012 to 2013 um and then if it was basketball, was it 2015 we lost to Middle Tennessee? Yeah. That, honestly, that'd be kind of a really fascinating documentary to watch. Um, yeah. That would also be brutal because we just get to yep. see Valentine just in total disbelief. And it's Gene Washington. I think I said Glenn, but it's Gene. Um, so I apologize. Yep. For I know what you mean. I've been bad with the proper nouns today. Um Man, I I can't imagine punishing myself with a Middle Tennessee State season documentary because that team. I mean, they don't all have happy endings. I mean, that's the thing. It, it would it would be a good documentary. Um, all right, I'm moving on. Uh, next up from Taylor Anderson. How did you guys end up at MSU? Was it the plan all along growing up or a happy coincidence? Um, so I applied a lot of places throughout the country. And the place that I wanted to go most was George Washington. Um, well, I wanted to go to D.C. And uh, I got into George Washington, and the tuition was $55,000 And you looked year. up what it costs. <laughs> and I said, hard pass. Um, and so I went to MSU, and um, God, I couldn't be happier I did. Yeah, I I could not be happier. Can you imagine what a terrible human being I would be if I went to a school without sports? Like that, I've driven past the GW uh, football complex. I think I think there is a field. No, no, really? there's not. No, I'm thinking of something else. Anyway, um, something else in DC that is a football field. Anyway, uh, I. W- did not take my college search 
that seriously. So I was very lucky to have ended up where I ended up. Um, it was a function of me convincing my parents that I shouldn't take the money that was offered to me by other places. So I could go to the place that, uh, I was going to know a lot of people at (laughs) that was sort of, (laughs) that was how I made the decision at the time. So I, uh, I'm a Spartan, uh, but I kind of got here by accident, <laughs> mostly. And moving on, uh, what is your most outlandish travel-related dream? For example, mine is visiting the, whoa, I wish I had looked this up in advance, the something Mara in Kenya or exploring ancient historical sites in Iraq or Egypt. Um, well, so mine is one that I'm actually hoping to make uh, very much a reality, which is I want to backpack the John Muir Trail in California. Uh, mm. It should take somewhere between 18 to 20 days, and uh, it's very much on my bucket list. Um, so hopefully in the next, I don't know, two to three years, I can make that happen. But otherwise, you know, I like national parks a whole lot, and I would love to visit all of them. So. Okay, that's what mom. I got. Enjoy wild. Um, outlandish travel dream? Space, man. Space. It's obviously space. Final Frontier. I'm going to go up. I'm going to take one of those space planes. I'm going to do it at some point. Do an orbit. Come back down. Space. All right, I say um, 12. Uh, oh, and then like dreams isn't things, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so that's it. That's all it. right. Space and uh, middle-aged mom trail for you. So anyway, you thought of a better Stanley along the way. <laughs> I got no better Stanley. All right. Well, with that, folks, thank you for tuning in to another long episode of Can't Read, Can't Write. We don't understand why you stick with us, but we appreciate it all the same. And so, as always, Kevin, go green. Go away, Chauncey. <laughs> <laughs>